The life that we live is dictated by the thoughts we believe to be true about ourselves. That's what generates our beliefs. That's what dictates the people, places, and things that we habituate every day. People tend to limit themselves because they might feel like they can't live their passion for various reasons. And so the Chiron Effect is really about having an understanding of your largest limiting belief because that's as far as you can go. Today on the Jason Hennessy Podcast, I'm joined by the fiercely compassionate and uniquely intuitive Lisa Tahir. She's a licensed social worker, psychotherapist, podcast host, founder of Psychoastrology, and published author whose books is endorsed by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. Lisa's on a mission to help individuals uncover their core wounding through their natal placement of a lesser known planet called Chiron. Tune in as we chat about everything under the stars, including the art of glass blowing, the power of thought, the healing frequency of love, and even our biggest kitchen failures. Well, I have uh, Lisa here with us at Hennessy Studios. Thank you for coming on the Jason Hennessy Podcast. Jason, thank you so much for having me. This is such a delight to be here in your studio. Thank you. Yeah. How do you pronounce your last name? It's Tahir. Like Ta, ta is here. here. Got My it. dad is from Pakistan. So I am half Pakistani, first generation. Okay. And half Irish from New Orleans. Ah, see? I got Irish in me, obviously, with the last name Hennessy. Right. Totally. Right? Uh-huh. Totally. So um, well, it looks like uh, you are in your element because you do podcasting, right? I do. Tell me a little bit about that. I started All Things Therapy in 2016 Okay, when I came out to L.A. actually seven years ago. And some of my friends had podcasts and shows. And I found in life some of the things that we're most excited to do were also just as scared shitless sometimes. <laughs> and so I had both of those emotions going on. And I knew you have to do this. So mm-hmm. I've been on L.A. Talk Radio doing All Things Therapy. Yesterday was episode 277. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh-huh. I'm going to have you on in the new year. So I look forward to continuing this. So exciting. That's what we do. I love about this is because I build friendships over this too. Me too. uh Uh-huh. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yep. Just new connections and stuff. So I seen you were recently in Hawaii. I was. Nice. I was. A dear friend invited me. It's been on my bucket list and she's a native Hawaiian. Okay. And her and her mom had me to Kona and it was really beautiful. Have you been? I've been to Maui twice. Oh, I've heard that's gorgeous too. So pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's Oh, just like if you want to go clear your head, that's a good place to do it. It was the papayas were so delicious. Uh-huh. They were like different than American. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grocery store papayas. Uh-huh. Well, the thing that was interesting about Hawaii for me was uh, they eat rice with breakfast. And yeah. I, I was never done that before. And so here I am getting eggs and they're bringing rice with this. I'm like, this is kind of cool. I and know. Now I want to crave rice with my breakfast here <laughs> at IHOP. Yeah. They don't do that. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad you were able to kind of uh, go and uh, fill your own cup, Thank uh, you. if you will, right? Yeah. Just kind of take care of yourself. Yeah. So I see that you split your time between two places, L.A. and where's home? New Orleans. New Orleans. Have you been there? I love New Orleans. I figured you would. You have yes. that energy that yeah. you would just really vibe it. You know, I'm big into music and yeah. like. Like New Orleans is one of those places, like I don't go often, but I've been there probably maybe like six times. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's frequent. It's There's so much uh, like culture and personality about New Orleans, right? Yeah. You don't get that anywhere. 
Yeah. Right. And it's easy. You know, people are friendly and mm-hmm. and I really love it's like a place for my soul. And mm-hmm. L.A. has actually become that, too, Jason. I'm so lit up here by yeah. the things that people do and the natural be- beauty that like I feel like my heart is just in love with both places. Yeah. Uh huh. And so do you get back home often or what? I spend about about six months in each city. You do. Yeah. So you really divide your time. in yeah. two places. It's been progressive over the years. Okay. I started coming out to L.A. maybe a couple of weeks out of the month and just felt led intuitively to spend a bit more time as I huh. felt more comfortable and okay. it's, it's evolving. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And what was your path to LA though? Like what brought you to LA? You know, I feel like it may be a, a midlife crisis as they call it, but yeah. when on my 43rd birthday, uh-huh. I literally woke up and was like, oh, I have to live somewhere else because mm. so many people from New Orleans don't ever live anywhere else since it's just so easy. And as you know, it's fun, it's festive, mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful in some ways, like the old oak trees. And I've always had a desire to come out to the West Coast. And a friend invited me to check it out. And I came out here, Jason, didn't tell anyone, mm. signed a year's lease on my office. I talk about it in my book and started, I asked if I could live in the office because at yeah. the time I couldn't afford a second home and I didn't want to leave completely. Yeah. And they said, we have a good feeling about you. Sure. So for almost two years, I showered at a 24 hour fitness okay. down the street and lived in my office and like figured it out, huh. you know, until I could. So I talk about it in my book, like progressively living into your dream in whatever way you can, that sometimes the means aren't obvious, but the path will unfold before you. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, uh, the universe speaks and you just start to listen to it. Right. Yeah. Uh I know that happened in your life when you, I think went out to Atlanta, brought your family. Yeah. And was that when you were working at SEO, the rocket? EverSpark Interactive was the agency that we started in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's so weird how like life just kind of like these little decisions and it's like, hmm. And next thing you know, you meet this person. Now you're moving across country. and All of a sudden your kid watches TV and he wants to be an actor. And then we're moving the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, uh, it's fascinating how the world works like that. Absolutely. What do you think is different about uh living in LA versus um New Orleans like what what what's what's different like what do you like about each of the different cities the the difference that strikes me mm-hmm. the most and I'm curious what you think having mm-hmm. been in both places is to me the south and New Orleans is so open hearted okay. you know you meet someone it's like come over for dinner let's go have a drink and yet can be closed minded to new ideas, to new thought. You know, New Orleans is big about we've done this 200 years. Why change it? Yeah. And, you know, the trash still isn't picked up regularly and the mail often doesn't get delivered, you know, each day. And and we've all learned to just compensate for that. But I've noticed there's open heartedness, yet some closed mindedness. Sure. And in L.A., there's such open mindedness, yet I've experienced a a little bit of closed heartedness at times. People being fearful to Mm -hmm. really be their authentic selves because of what someone might think or how they might be perceived. Yeah. And so I try to embody and embrace both open-heartedness and mindedness because mm-hmm. I think that's how we're the most happy. And I'm wondering what you think about that. Yeah. So where I, I don't have experience obviously living in New Orleans, but when I lived in Georgia, um, yeah. you know, the big difference to me was when we moved into a neighborhood, it's like, the neighborhood does everything together. Like they do pizza parties. They all meet at the school bus and they get to know <laughs> each other. They bring you cookies yes. and drinks and right. Like, 
in LA, we just moved into a neighborhood and we might know like one neighbor, like everybody right. kind of keeps to themselves. Right. So, uh, and it might not be every neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's just, it just seems more welcoming, I guess, if you will, in the yeah. South. Yeah. There. So mm -hmm. I think I've learned the challenge in the South is not to close your mind, you know, mm -hmm. keep your mind open with your heart. And in LA it's, it's to keep your heart open, mm -hmm. you know, along with your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about your, we'll get into your book, obviously, yeah. um, but I want to talk about like what you do for a living because you do some specialized work, right? So kind of give me the uh, the scoop of, of what you do. Sure, Jason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have been a licensed therapist for over 20 years. Okay. I'm a social worker and licensed in Louisiana and California. Okay. And I started therapy at 21 when I was young. And that's really what opened me to want to help people in this way that um, I grew up in a family that there wasn't a lot of empathy. It was very like performance based love. And that caused me to be very critical and hard on myself. Okay. And I feel like I, I entered therapy to unlearn some of those patterns because sometimes things that once work for us don't as we get older. And that was the case for me. And so I love being a therapist. I do all virtual therapy now online okay. through Zoom and FaceTime, Skype or phone. Okay. And I work as a podcaster. My book now is an author. I also started a nonprofit called the Yes Foundation hmm. because for fun, my passion is glass art. I blow glass and cast glass. I saw that. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I noticed that glass blowing isn't Americans with Disabilities Act compliant for people in wheelchairs. And I did some work in ADA compliance in my undergrad years. And so I worked to get a U.S. patent on an invention to help people blow glass from their own wheelchair. Wow. And I built a prototype that I donated to a studio in New Orleans. I'm, I'm excited to move more into that, Jason, as time goes on to yeah. help get people to help me with what's next because I'm not really sure. Yeah. I just know I want this to be out in the world. Huh. Wow. That's fascinating. It seems like you found your purpose. But yeah. 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 Sometimes people go their whole life and never find their purpose. Right. And that can be, you know, and I think there's a lot of talk about that, Jason. What mm -hmm. is our purpose? And I believe it's self-assigned. We get to choose. I'm wondering what you think about that. Um, you know, I think uh, for me personally, like I think um, first you have to find your passion. Right. Um, and a lot of times people don't find that. A lot of times people are afraid to pursue yeah. their passions yeah. in life. Right. And so they never really truly find their purpose because they couldn't even find their passion first. Right. Um, so, uh, just like we talked about having the courage to, if you got an idea, pursue it. Right. Yeah. If you're passionate about something, go figure out a way to do it. Right. But mm -hmm. I think sometimes people get so scared of, uh, uh, change, mm -hmm. right. That, um, you know, they just kind of get stuck into their everyday life and nothing ever happens. And they just kind of go on it day by day and the world never becomes exciting. They never open themselves up to what the possibilities are. Are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, you're certainly not one of those individuals yeah. from what I've <laughs> learned about your past and really finding your way. Yeah. You know, for me, um, you know, I, I've mentioned this on other podcasts, uh, like as a kid growing up, I didn't have a lot, you know, and so I, uh, didn't come from money, you know? Um, and so I was a kid, I was money motivated, uh, pers personally. Um, and so when you're very money motivated and you don't have anything to lose, yeah, you're willing to take bigger risks, right? Right. Because right, yeah. if everything comes crumbling down, it's okay because I've been to where I'm going to end up anyway. Yeah. And I've survived. So yeah. That gives you great confidence. 
It does, I think. And yeah. it's actually reflected in your Chiron placement that I know we're going to be talking Ooh, about today. Chiron. So tell me more. Chiron placement. So what is a Chiron placement? So Chiron, mm -hmm. first and foremost, in astronomy, was mm -hmm. discovered in 1977 okay. by an astronomer named Charles Cowell here in California. Okay. He noticed this, this, it's a minor planet and also a comet in astronomy that orbits between the planets of Saturn and Uranus. Okay. And it has an odd elliptical orbit. So Charles Cowell, with a K, named it Chiron after the centaur in Greek mythology, okay. who's the founding father of the healing arts. And in astronomy, this was the first of the centaur class, planets and comets. So he hearkened back to Greek mythology and Chiron. You know, when you go to the doctor and there's the staff of medicine, the snakes, mm -hmm. Chiron gave that to Asclepius. So we kind of know who Chiron is in a way because mythologically he taught pharmacy, botany, therapy to the Greek gods. Okay. And then in astrology, which is a symbolic language, a snapshot of where the stars and planets were when yeah. each of us were born. Chiron is a placement that speaks to this area of, it's on a spectrum. There's vulnerability and there's core wounding. And so depending on your life experiences is how you encounter this, this placement. And there are things like if Chiron's in Aries, this speaks to a wounding or a vulnerability in your sense of value and worth hmm. to where you might be successful on paper, but you never feel like you're good enough. Yeah. So these Chiron placements in a sign, Gemini, Taurus, Scorpio, really speak to the areas of our lives that we're not super public about. Hmm. We might hide those aspects of ourselves. We might feel like we're not good enough. Uh, we could even feel shame around some of these things that we've experienced. Sure. And so I don't know if this is a place to kind of bring in a little uh, of your Chiron or not? I, so, to help yeah, it make I think sense. where we're headed, because it was funny when I was asking Whitney, she's like, yeah, I was I was looking forward. I was going to get a reading, right? Okay, and I'm yeah. like, ooh, maybe I'll get a reading. So yeah. I'm totally open to it. Because I think it. it'll help make it more user friendly to yes. understand Chiron. And, and I'll talk about my Chiron as well at Aries. Yeah. Your Chiron placement is in the sign of Taurus. And okay. so actually, I lay out my book in a way to, to be sensitive with yourself as you're exploring these themes. Okay. And I talk in the beginning of the book about creating the container for change. Mm -hmm. And it's really being empathetic and understanding, compassionate towards yourself, because the things that are revealed are usually areas of your life that have been challenging. They've been difficult. And yeah. so you want to approach it with some sensitivity. And so I'm thinking that in talking about your Chiron placement. So, so how do you have my, so you have, what information do you need from me? Your is it my data energy birth? or just my date of birth? Yeah, it's your date of birth, date of birth your place of birth, and your time of birth. birth. And my time of birth. Yes. And okay. the time of birth isn't necessary to know your Chiron sign. The time of birth reveals the house, the astrological house, one through 12 that Chiron okay. is found in. Uh -huh. So your, since I had your time of birth, uh -huh. your Chiron is in the sign of Taurus in the seventh house. And the seventh house speaks to partnerships and contracts, both business related and marriage related. Uh -huh. But your Chiron is a core wounding of vulnerability by neglect. And so what this placement speaks to is that you have been, because I sense you've been healing this through your work that you're doing, that you're someone who's been really hard on himself. You've mm -hmm. expected a lot. And when you don't meet those benchmarks or parameters, you've been, you know, self-deprecating at times, like really harsh and harsh inner critic. Sure. And, and that there may have been some neglect that you experienced growing up. 
And I don't know if that's true. That's just what my work has sourced and produced. Mm. And for some people, even there's been sexual abuse with this placement, something that's caused them to be misaligned, even with their, their body, their body image. You know, Mm. they might've struggled with body image and feeling like you're good enough in that way. And so to compensate this, this personality, this individual with the Chiron and Taurus has really become financially driven, you know, to prove to themselves that they're valuable, that they're worthy. Hmm. And and it looked like when I studied a bit about your career, that definitely financial success has been some of one of the benchmarks you've enjoyed yeah. in your life, per, you know, pursuing things. Yet I couldn't help but be sensitive to the, the criticism that you might have also kind of turned against yourself. And I wondered if that's been true when you're growing up. Uh, well, you're spot on about all of this so far. Okay. Um, as far as self-criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think my work is ever done. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever just get complacent. Right. I'm always kind of pushing, pushing. Yeah. Um, like I just can't relax. You know, when you said neglect, mm-hmm. um, like my big, you know, my big thing is making your mess, your message. Thank yeah. you, Whitney. She kind of helped me see that. Yeah. Whitney's our producer. Yeah. Um, you know, as a kid, like, Neglect would be, I guess, my my father had left. Wow. My, okay. And my, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, left my mom who had me when she was only like, I think she just turned 18. Her birthday's wow. January 10th and I was born on the 27th. Yeah. And so she just turned 18 and had me. And so, uh, you know, we got evicted, didn't have a lot of money, didn't have mm-hmm. a car, walked everywhere. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, now don't get me wrong. I had loving grandparents and like, I was fine, you know, but, uh, I guess there was always that neglect of like, why did my father leave? Of course. And questioning yourself as a young person, Mm -hmm. I imagine. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. Like I was a popular kid. I played sports and lived a great life. Um, You figured like you compensate again, this placement has such a propensity to compensate Mm -hmm. and finding their way, which I'm hearing that you did. Yeah, I, I I guess I did. Yeah, when you kind of look at it in hindsight like that, yeah. And huh. yet, you know, the deep healing comes through consistently being attentive to. Like, I don't know if there have been moments in your life, I know there have been in mine, when something happens and we're triggered. You know, it triggers an, is an unhealed energetic attachment. It's an area of vulnerability that we might develop a pattern around protecting. You know, mm-hmm. and for you, that, that self-criticism is what would come up for you and feeling like you blew it or fucked up, you know, and and just softening that. And even being really gentle to the, you hear a lot about the inner child. And so for Chiron and Taurus, like this inner little boy that you were really nurturing him, like really playing, Mm -hmm. I think for you play would be important in your life as an adult. Oh, for sure. And I sense that you do. Even this is play and fun for Uh you, right? So totally. Yeah. Yeah. So to keep on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, as a kid, I was envisioned like, hey, I want to have David Letterman's job someday. And right? Oh, my gosh. And yes, so, here you uh, are. And so here I am. <laughs> I'm just kind of making, I'm forcing it to happen, right? Yeah. You know, I don't wait around for it to happen. I kind of make it happen. Mm-hmm. You right? initiate. I try to. Yeah. And, you know, and I've taken bold risks before. I've it, Like, my life hasn't been a success. Like, I mean, like, there's all kinds of failures that you learn from and start over. And, but, uh you end up stronger, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, how do you see, you know, even you bring up the word failure, Jason, I tend to be, like that there aren't failures. I feel like it's all learning. Lessons. And yeah. I wonder how you think about that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I so like that, my yeah. whole personal um, message is failing forward. 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You fail forward. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's how like the whole company is about that. Like, in mm-hmm. fact, I was just on a call with uh, Liz, who's our director of communications at the agency. Um, and she's like, so what are you excited about in, you know, in, in 2022? And what are we concerned about in 2021? And I'm like, well, we failed a lot, you know, mm-hmm. in 2021, but we learned. And I said, but I look forward to all the failures that we do in 2022. Wow. That's a different way to right? frame things. It's different Seriously. perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I truly mean that Yeah, like, because we're going to fail, but that's how we grow stronger. Well, and that, yeah. that mindset is so important in healing from be it our Chiron vulnerability and wounding or other things in life. It's all about the way we look at things yeah. and then the language that we use about those things. Sure. And you know, when something happens for me that's upsetting, uh, I've started to go to, I get to go through this. You know, like I get to go through, say, even if it's a breakup, like I get, to, I'm going through these feelings of sadness because I love someone. Sure. You know, and that's really what's more important than whatever, you know, loss there uh, is happening to oh, focus yeah. on what, what the gain is, what was the foundation of that experience, which is usually something positive. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting because... uh you know, I've read a book called Love Languages. I think it's the five love oh, yeah, languages, yeah. right? Um, and so my wife and I, we've been married 23 years. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a Gemini. Okay. Um, she is exactly the opposite of me. Okay. <laughs> and you're an Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius, yeah. right? So like it, it could, like we're actually almost, and we're born the same year. Okay. Right? Her birthday is June 16th. Okay. My, my birthday is January 27th. So In almost 78, six, right? Yep. Yeah. 78. We're almost six months, like almost. Like, wow. Yeah. You know, like within opposite. a couple of weeks. Completely yeah. opposite, right? But in life, we're completely opposite too. Mm-hmm. Now, I, now, physical characteristics were opposite, right? Black hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, brown eyes, okay. right? So all of that. Personality completely opposite. It's like, it's the, the whole story of opposites attract. Mm-hmm. Like that's me and my wife. So my love language is, um, uh, positive words of affirmation. Yes. Right. And you kind of nailed it. Right. Yeah. Because as a kid, I was kind of, you know, like I need to do better. I got to be proud of myself. Right. You and had to so, learn to affirm yourself. Yeah. And so now that's kind of what I look for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we didn't read this book until after being married for 20 years. Right. And yeah. so like, wish I would have known that a long time ago, like her love language is gifts. Like okay. she loves gifts. Yeah. It simplifies right? things to know each other's love language. For it totally sure. does. Right. So is there such a thing as opposites attracting, do you think, like that? Or? You know, I think I think there is as far as when we see someone that has qualities that we feel like mm-hmm. we like to have more of, yeah. well, you know, or that we lack, that we're often drawn to someone who really embodies yeah. those qualities and it feels really positive. I think sometimes there can be issues there as well. You know, if you don't fully understand mm-hmm. each other's um, even vulnerability and for a relationship, like it'd be really cool for you and your wife to put into my interactive website, like the date you got married, for yeah. instance, and April pull up, Fool's Day. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then April 1st, and then pull up the Chiron placement of your relationship. Oh, cool. Because it can speak to the area of vulnerability. But after 23 years, I, I sense intuitively you have a handle. On things we do yeah you know we we certainly do. don't get me wrong it was not easy you right know I mean? right after me marrying somebody that we only met like we only knew each other a month and a half and we got married it i was think like that's awesome crazy story right? yeah um but yeah 23 what will be 24 years later mm-hmm. um we're still hanging along you know <laughs> you know and even chiron being in your seventh house of marriage a partnership uh-huh. it, it's the area that has actually helped you heal that the sense of neglect 
that you experience being neglected because to have a partner that I'm I'm sensing really attuned, you know, to your need for those positive words of affirmation oh, yeah. can be so deeply healing oh. to that younger part of yourself. Totally. You know, and it's like even when we had kids, we had children, yeah. like, you know, I was going to do whatever we can to work in the marriage so that I didn't kind of create that experience that I had with sure. coming from a broken family personally. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I think that conditioned me, um, to, uh, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, fight mm-hmm. for what we believed in and yes. why we did it. Yeah. Yes. So this is fascinating stuff. So now do it's, you work with couples like that? Do you do couples therapy? Where I you love doing use couples therapy, you know, and when a client comes to me, Jason, I don't require that they purchase my book and work from it, but yeah. it's an added layer uh-huh. that helps you understand your patterns. And that's what the Chiron effect is, which the title reflects, mm-hmm. as you were saying earlier, that you mentioned it a few minutes ago, having to do, and this is my paraphrase, like the life that we live is dictated by the thoughts we believe to be true about ourselves. That's what generates our beliefs. That's what dictates the people, places, and things that Mm -hmm. we habituate every day. And I see us all as little planets in our own or solar system, orbiting others, other people orbiting us. And like you were saying, people tend to, you know, like limit themselves. You know, when we're talking about purpose and meaning and passion, because they might feel like they can't live their passion for various reasons. And so the Chiron effect is really about having an understanding of your largest limiting belief, because that's as far as you can go. And once you know what that is, like for you, the neglect that you experienced. Mm -hmm. For me, it's Chiron and Aries with a wounding vulnerability, my sense of value and worth, my self-esteem. And so to not limit ourselves because we have that area of vulnerability to support, encourage, and like prop ourselves up emotionally so we can step into those roles Mm -hmm. that for you, you're seen and heard, you know, in a powerful way. And for myself as well, being an author and a podcaster and therapist, like going beyond my limitations because of what I believe was true for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's what, and again, tapping into frequency that we brought up, what frequency is about. You know, you hear hear people talking about vibes, good vibes, bad vibes, that actually is measurable in the unit of hertz. And science has discovered that everything vibrates. Everything that's matter, this table, vibrates at a frequency that's mm-hmm. measured in the unit of hertz. And our thoughts carry frequency. The frequency of joy is higher than the frequency of depression. Okay. And even this is so powerful. Powerfully illustrated, Jason, that genetic biochemists are using this frequency. Yeah, you have some tools. Yeah, so let's explain forks. this for those that are listening. 528 hertz. Okay. Which is genetic biochemists are using this to repair damaged and broken DNA. This frequency is the frequency of love. Hmm. Isn't that cool? Can wow. I come play it in your ears? Please do. Okay. Yes. Because you can yeah. really tune up your brain. Okay. She's walking over here, putting this in my ear. Wow. And it'll just kind of go like that. Frequency of love. Yes. Who would have thought love had a frequency? Yeah. And the reason why this is effective to for me to place it on either side of your head Uh is that the brain, the neurons in our brain are really open to sound frequency. That's why music moves us. Like the chords 
and, you know, A, B, C, D correlate to a frequency, an emotional state Mm. that it puts us in. And the neurons in our brains are super receptive to changing and adapting based upon the sound frequency that Mm. we expose our brain to. So that's why using tuning forks like this and meditation are powerful ways to change passively, you know, our, our brainwave state. Wow. And so on YouTube, there's a lot of cool meditations pairing sound frequency that you can just close your eyes and listen to every day for five, 10 minutes. play it on YouTube. Yeah, to help kind of up-level your mind at the level of neurons. I mean, I do listen to like, I'm that weird guy that will tune into like YouTube and listen to like focus music. Like I'll search YouTube, focus music, right? I do when I'm writing, totally. Totally, and you just play it in and it just kind of plays in the background off in a browser. And do you find it helpful? So helpful. I do too. Oh, so helpful. Like you don't realize it, right? But right. it's just kind of playing in the background and it allows you, sometimes it kind of brings out my creativity, yeah. relieves stress. Like yeah. there's all kinds of things that it does. Yeah. Um, just by kind of playing some music like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and bringing up creativity, your Chiron placement in Taurus speaks to being really intuitive as well. And I sense as I learn a bit as I learned a bit about your story and and moving to Atlanta and mm-hmm. then out to LA because your son you know, as an actor and that you've been intuitively led. So just to know that that is definitely a part of how you heal and just a way for you to direct your life is through your intuition. Sure. Yeah. That's my, I mean, (laughs) that's my whole world. Like getting married after knowing somebody for a month and a half. Like you felt it. I've been moving to uh, LA and like my whole, the story of my life is that, yeah. Just kind of quick gut reactions based on your intuition. It's great that you're following that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my wife is like, what are you getting us into now? Right. Like, you know, yes. Um, but she's been along for the journey. That's awesome. <laughs> and that's, has somewhat supported it. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, wow. So how did you, how did you discover this? Like, when did you become curious about this and why did you become curious about this? It was about five years ago that I was, when I started to meditate about five years ago, and I was wondering personally for my own personal mental health journey and process and for my clients, Mm -hmm. like universe, what is beyond this narrative of our problems? You know, people are so problem oriented, problem focused. And I was like, I want to be about the solution. Mm. Like, let's be solution focused, solution aligned. Like what, what can I contribute to my clients and my own life to just kind of like, I know so much about the past and what's happened. What about the future we want to create? And that was actually when I heard in meditation, like in my mind, that little whisper, Chiron. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to research. And it sent me down a three and a half year rabbit hole of writing and researching this book. Oh my. And wanting to incorporate psychology, spirituality, and, um, taking personal responsibility for our lives as the healing. Astrology is like the diagnostic point to learn what your Chiron placement is. But I believe we heal by taking responsibility for our lives. And even though the worst things that have happened to you might not have been your fault, but even if there was like 1% of responsibility that you contributed to understand your 1% is so important. And even if there was 0%, like in the cases of of trauma and children being abused, to understand that you can heal 
from that and forgiving yourself, self-forgiveness is another principle of the book. Sure. I think we're often taught to forgive others and forget that forgiveness is for us first and foremost. Yeah. So it just all kind of happened as I was asking what's next, what can I contribute? And then that led me to, to studying sound frequency. You know how things just felt like going on Google searches yeah. and then I find a book and uh-huh. then I'm listening to someone speaking about it and then curiosity curiosity in these areas and then wanting to share it with others because it's been so helpful to kind of spiritually hack your life by using sound frequency and meditation and i use this pendulum okay i didn't expect to go in this direction to help confirm yes like the pendulum says yes for based on decisions that you need to make and back and forth for no and i've used this for several years to help me confirm yes or no questions. So what she's wearing for those that are listening, it's like a necklace pendulum. Yeah. yeah. It's saying, huh. yes, this is, is there a certain name for that? If somebody wanted to buy yeah, that this on is Pinja. Amazon, this is Pinja. And actually there's a jeweler here in LA, Miranda Hope. Okay. She makes these by hand, mirandahope.com. She's amazing. Cool. She makes these and they're just stunning. They're, this is smoky quartz and moonstone. Okay. And which have different properties. So you can buy a pendulum necklace based upon the properties you want to enhance if it's your intuition or clearing your throat chakra, you know, she makes them with those kind of specifications. Wow. I'm going to get one. Yeah. Miranda uh-huh. Hope. She's awesome. I will. Yeah. This would be a good time to plug the book. Okay. Right? So what is the name of the book? It's called The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. Got it. And when did the book come out? It came out in November of 2020 okay. with an endorsement from His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. Is that right? Which is such an honor for me, Jason. Yeah. That is an honor I asked for him. anybody. I asked is him. that right? Yeah. And I, I I actually sent him an email a year before from like a, an ego place. Like, wouldn't that be cool for the Dalai Lama? Yeah. And, and I knew when I hit send, okay, you're not hearing anything because my, my kind of state of mind was really ego driven, not like heart driven. Yeah. And so I, I I sought to actually, I asked him actually two years in advance of my book coming out for an mm-hmm. endorsement. And I knew when I hit send, you, you're not in the right headspace. I so how do you even get the, his email? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's findable. It's findable. I can, I can share with you if you like. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So I asked myself and the universe, mm-hmm. who do I need to become yeah. to receive the endorsement of his holiness? And I started hearing things like, you need to stop being rude to the Cox Cable people in New Orleans when you're having a problem yes. and you're on the phone for 45 minutes and you, you know, like start using curse words, not at them, but like, I, I don't have time for this shit. So easy to go yes. in that direction. Yes. Right? And and I heard the universe say, you, you have to stop that immediately. Mm-hmm. You need to just be more present in the grocery store line, get off of your phone, mm-hmm. you know, ask the person how they are and care about it. So I noticed the universe leading me to kind of clean up these little areas of my life having to do with compassion towards strangers. And as I did that, I started to really feel the Dalai Lama in my meditation, you know, kind of that presence of his compassion and openness. And I heard one day, again, that little voice in your mind, send me, send me your book. I want to read it. And within two weeks, he sent me the most beautiful letter of endorsement. He read every page and he spoke about, though he's not a student of astrology, he believes that the methods to heal through compassion and self-forgiveness that I talk about are the keys to healing humanity's greatest sufferings. Mm -hmm. And he believes that my book will help readers. And it's like, wow. Oh my God. It doesn't get better than that. It really doesn't. Right. It's like. 
Mother Teresa wrote the forward to my book, right? It's right. Like, like it, wow. So he was so gracious in, in that. So first of all, that's awesome. Thank Congratulations you. on that. Congratulations on the book. Thank it's you. available, I'm sure, in bookstores, Amazon, everywhere. Exactly. Probably. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading well, it. Well, I have one for you to sign and give you today. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I will read it. Awesome. Because we're going to build a friendship after this, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but what you were just talking about, right? So like you get in a call with Cox Cable, right? You get pissed off, right? Like, like, it seems like, I don't know, this is kind of how I perceive life, right? It seems like every single morning you wake up with an, it's almost like gasoline, right? In your car. Every morning you wake up with an energy tank. Yeah. Right. And you have a full tank of energy, right? Yeah. And the world is going to try to pull you into either the negative energy tank mm. or leveraging some of your positive energy, mm -hmm. right? And so um, subliminally, you don't think about that, right? But when you are in tune with the, your energy tank, yes, you can be more deliberate in how 100%. you use your energy, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I try to go about life. And so I always try to have a positive energy and positive outlook and being optimistic about things, right? Mm -hmm. um, but most of the world, I think, gets kind of dragged into the negative energy, even though they don't want to be, right. right? And it's just like, you had a great day, but somebody else had a bad day and now they're venting to you and all of a sudden they're kind of bringing you into their negative energy world, right? Yeah. And what makes that so for them versus you, you know, is yeah. kind of the deeper question. I hear you. Yeah. You have to kind of into. like interrupt it, right? Hey, listen, yeah. make aware of it. This negative. How can we talk about it? But sometimes there's just real things that you have to be negative sure. about, right? Like grievance and death sure, and things like course. that too, right? Um, but what's your thoughts? Like, do you study energy too? I do. And mm -hmm. and for me, what you're speaking about, Jason, uh, is addressed best, I, I found, with a morning routine. Okay. And for myself, I'm so convinced that the first few mornings, I mean, the first few minutes of every morning before I look at an email or a text is just to say thank you, a, a gratitude practice, get yeah. my cup of coffee, and just spend the first few minutes, even if it's five just closing my eyes and just being really grateful for a new day yeah. and asking the universe to help this day go well, you know, help me speak well today on your show and be like a vessel for what people need to hear yeah. today. And just that everything is smooth and, you know, that I'm able to, to just, you know, be who I came here to be and yeah. just asking for others in my life that their life goes well. Mm -hmm. And when you do that consistently, your life starts to change you know, your days go smoother. Yeah. And even as you encounter people that don't have your same practice or habits, you're able to deal with them more easily without taking on their energy. Yeah. And I wonder what you think and, and your morning routine even, yeah. practices that you employ. Yeah, you know, and in fact, actually, uh, I, I took that one step further and we didn't do this intentionally. It was it was somebody that had committed suicide uh, oh. in, a, in a, a, a group that I belong to. It's like a business group. Um, and so like, how can we all know that we're all going to be okay and yeah. that we all support each other? And so one of the things that we did was we created a, uh, um, a gratitude partner, right? And you just text like each that. other every morning, just something simple, grateful for the weather today. Oh, I love that. Um, you know, you just get an accountability partner and every morning you just wake up and it's like, what, what are you grateful for? Right? Wow. You like, know? You, you know, somebody's going to reach out to you and you're going to reach out to someone. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So this way, you know, now you have an accountability partner, somebody that's listening to you. Yeah. 
And then they just reply back with what they're grateful for. You yeah. know, there's days that go by where maybe you kind of miss, you know, you're on vacation and being pulled in six directions and, you know, but, uh, but, you know, just accountability. To, but that's so powerful, right? To start your day with gratitude. It is. Right? And I'm sorry about the loss of the colleague Thank and the you. friend. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, that, that, that's part of uh, how I start my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually me, like I kind of do get pulled into some of the regular, like I drink a cup of coffee, right? Maybe that's not the best way to start your day. Um, oh, I do. I love black coffee, okay, Jason, so in the morning. Go. Oh my gosh. It's like <laughs> awesome. Like that hot cup of black coffee. There it's it is. My favorite thing. Yes. Right? But yeah. then now, man, like, you know, my, most of my day is spent on like Zoom all day meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes that could be uh a little draining, you know, at Unplugging the end of the day. Unplugging is important. Yeah. But how do you do that? It's so important. It's really hard, you know. And in, in fact, right now I'm not doing mo- okay. a lot of that. You know, I yeah. try to take Wednesdays as my creative days where I try not to book too many meetings. Um, but yeah, you know, usually because I've got so many different things and businesses and this and that and calls, right? So I'm like usually on Zoom from like seven o'clock in the morning to like four o'clock in the wow, afternoon. Wow, that's like, intense. It is intense. And so at the end of the day, you're like, whew, you, you feel exhausted, <laughs> And even right. if you've just been sitting there, it's because it's an energy exhausted. drain, it's, yeah. you're giving your energy, your presence and through the device, you know, which can be a little limiting sometime, I think. It, it totally. And then you get home and then, you know, then your my daughter, come, my daughter comes home, my kids come home, you know, my wife wants my attention and right. Yeah. And they haven't been using that same energy right. all right. day. They've been using different types of energy, like running in the park and playing and this and that. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying they're di- using like my energy is better than their, you know, nothing like it's that, but it's just different. Right. And so, but come the end of the day, it's like, whew, I just don't want to talk right now. I've been talking Do you all take day. that time for yourself? I think it'd be important even for you to go for a walk, do something outside. I try to do that. Yeah. yeah. I try to like, you know, I'll say, Hey, I'm not going to jump on zoom. I'm going to be on a call. And I walk through the neighborhood just kind of like, yes. yeah. So I think it's important every day I'll take a walk or go to the gym or both when, when it's possible and leave my phone, yeah. you know, to have some, some, phone-free time when possible to just really be with your own thoughts. Yeah. And in the event that you can't, you can still check in with yourself, sure. you know, as you're in the bathroom or, you know, hey, how am I doing today? Yeah. Like, what do I need? Yeah. And just asking yourself that question throughout the day can mm-hmm. help you then then set that up for yourself. Sure, sure. Well, that's awesome. I just learned about like aware energy awareness recently. Like that's just kind and of And how, how would you define me. that? How would I define yeah. energy awareness? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it's it's contagious mm-hmm. for sure. And I think that it's kind of like magnets, right? Yeah, if you absolutely. are walking around positive energy, like positive things tend to happen to you. Yeah. Right? If you're walking around with negative energy, a lot of negative things happen to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's like you're setting yourself up. Yeah. And you might not be aware of it. So if you're listening, try to be conscious of your energy. You know, and what you're saying, it's so important. And we hear it in so many different ways, yet it's really scientifically true that, like you're saying, our mindset, the thoughts that we're ruminating on that no one else sees but us, mm-hmm. the more you can authentically make them serve you in a positive way that does attract. Because again, it's about this frequency, this vibration. Yeah. Our thoughts carry a measurable frequency measured Mm -hmm. in hertz our words as well our words are just our thoughts and clothing you know that we present to the world so you know it can be helpful that old adage if you don't have something positive to say 
don't say anything. And yeah. there's really some value to that until you can get your own inner alignment in a higher state by doing things that you love as much as you can or being around people that really fill up your love tank, Yeah, you know, as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And just to really every day be about that a yeah. bit, you know, that it's not about perfection. It's just progressing in these healthier ways for ourselves to, to feel happier because yeah. then we do attract and generate better experiences mm -hmm. as you were saying. Yeah. So you had mentioned about um, like self-forgiveness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can you really forgive yourself? Um, because I, it, it tends to believe like, you know, like if you were an alcoholic your whole life. Right. Right. Um, and that's kind of the atmosphere that your kids grew up with. And now they're kind of forever impacted by mm -hmm. that. Right. And, you know, now that's your narrative, right? That's who right. you're known as, right? Right. So other people know you as, oh, he wasn't really a good father. He was an alcoholic or this or that. Like, but how do you change like all the other different connections to sure. that, right? That's a really good question and great scenario to yeah. address mm -hmm. because for the person who is in that scenario of the alcoholic that has chronically potentially not shown up for people, not been there for your kids, for your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And then the shame that that's generated that has caused you, I imagine, to drink more from the guilt sure. and such. You need the most forgiveness because it's through having empathy for ourselves that I am certain for that person, there were things in childhood that happened that people didn't show up for them and mm -hmm. they didn't develop the coping skills to be able to address life as it happened in a healthy way. And then escaping addiction is really about escaping. And at some point, addiction develops a primary relationship with you. You know, your, your brain gets hooked on the alcohol or the drugs. Yeah. So it's beyond just your willpower. Understood. And so the yeah. forgiveness piece can be really important and to make those amends to others, you know, and address your own healing and get the support that you need. It's a progressive journey, mm -hmm. self-forgiveness and healing from addiction yeah. that you have to really progressively forgive yourself as you're able and get the support you need to really step into that more and more. So what I'm hearing is you can change your character and how people perceive you. I believe you. that you can. Yeah, I mean, I it takes so. some deep, insightful, you know, getting in there with yourself, holding yourself accountable, that yeah. self-accountability piece again. You can definitely do it. And there's all kinds of scenarios. I just use that one. Yeah, right? it's a big one. It's a good vices, one. Gambling, drugs, you know. Right. You name it, right? Yeah. You know, and there's probably people out there that that um, are listening to this, right? Knock, knock. Yeah. <laughs> What's that frequency, right? Um, uh, that, you know, like you can change. Yeah. You can change. You can. Sometimes you, you have to start by forgiving yourself, though, it sounds like. And that's... valuing yourself enough that you mm -hmm. deserve to, to give yourself this chance, you know, to really silence that inner critic that all of us have to one degree or another. Mm -hmm. And even looking at what those self-critical thoughts are and changing them, you know, sure. wanting to. And I think it really takes a support system be it therapy, a recovery program in this scenario. And even like you said, your gratitude text to have that accountability partner. We yeah, all need that. Key. Yeah. You do need, you do need help. Yeah. 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 And, and it's okay to ask for it. Yeah. That's my, I don't really ask for help. <laughs> like I never do. Like, I don't know why I've never. Well, like, I think you have a lot of self-accountability, Jason. Why. You're really yeah. accountable to yourself as am I. So you are your own accountability partner and yeah. that works as well. That's yeah, I guess, I guess you can do that. So as a, as a therapist, right. Um, you know, you probably hear all kinds of stories and yeah. there's troubles and you're getting inside people's personal lives. 
Um, does it ever drain you? Like, how does, how does that, how do you stay positive? Yeah, I'm nodding my head as, as you're asking <laughs> me the question. You know, it, it, it does. And, and I can honestly say that's why I have to really make it my business to keep my self-care habits, my morning meditation. The gym is a play. I love working out. I used to be a fitness instructor for fun. Okay. So for me, I feel like I play when I go to the gym yeah. and I need that to like clear my head mm-hmm. of everyone else and everything else. And like even going to Hawaii recently to yeah. take a trip, to go have fun with friends, to lighten up, you know, the what it takes to work with other people's pain and help them. Cause I love doing that. Yet mm-hmm. I also have learned doing this over 20 years. I have to take just as good care of myself as the care I'm providing working with others. Got it. Every day. Sure. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you (laughs) talking to me on a regular basis. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're very comforting, right? Thank you. It's very easy to talk to. As as you, it's easy Uh to talk to you as well. Um, I heard you coined a term. I did. You did. So what was that term? It's the term psychoastrology. Okay. And I trademarked it to to define this inner relationship between our personal psychology and our natal astrology. Okay. So it's just simply for me, Chiron, since that's what I study and put out, these vulnerabilities and woundings, how they interface with our personal psychology, our family of origin, and then now in our adulthood, the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and really having the power to change that, to live a different life. Interesting. And when did you coin that term? Uh, when the book came out uh, a year ago. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I've never coined a, a, a term, uh, but maybe I will in maybe, my life. Absolutely. That's a bucket list yeah. thing, right? Yeah. So if somebody picks up your book and they read it, like what is the takeaway that you want people to get from reading your book? I want people to know that they can actually really live more of the kind of life that they want in their deepest desires and their fantasy. When you ask someone, I'm going to ask you listening, you know, if you close your eyes and, and think if I could wake up tomorrow, what would I like my life to look like? What would be different? And to write those things down and then start progressively taking those baby steps. Mm -hmm. Even if the baby step is Googling that dream vacation that you can't afford in this second, you know, and the universe will start as you do the practices of this book of cleaning up your thoughts, which inform the beliefs you have about yourself. And then you start taking different actions. That's what changes your life. And I want people to know how valuable they are. I don't think we hear that enough. And it's something we need to tell ourselves, the self-affirmation. My book has affirmations in it for every placement of Chiron Hmm. that you've experienced. There's specific affirmations that I've written for you and takeaway steps. So practical things you can start doing today to change this pattern of of not getting what you want or desire into actually living the life you want. Hmm. So it's really user for, I like practical wisdom, Jason. You know, I love philosophy. Instead of theoretical. I like both. So there's practical and the theoretical Uh wisdom. Yeah. Well, you seem like you, you practice what you preach. I do. Um, I did see a, a, a tweet um, that you said, you create your future with the power of your intention Intention is simply the conscious act of determining your future now. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I truly believe that. That's a big thing for me too. It's like, I truly believe that you can create the future that wasn't going to exist anyway. Yes. I feel that as you say it. Absolutely true. Really good. It's just a matter of taking action, right? It is. It's like, 
you know, if you're single and there's an attractive person that you're attracted approach to, them. approach them, right? Yeah. Because if you don't, you're not going to create the future that wasn't going to exist exactly. anyway, right? Exactly. And Jason, in the spirit of this, today, this date in particular, there's a new moon, and the new moon is a really great time. There's energy, since we've been talking about energy, present for new beginnings to manifest things we want. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage you listening. You might want to jot down a few things you'd like to manifest and burn them in your sink, releasing them to the universe in like a ritual kind of way, and maybe keep a running log of them. And as the future unfolds, notice which one of those intentions that you specified start to manifest because they will. Hmm. And it's based on a new moon, you said? The new moon is a, is a wonderful time for new beginnings. Okay. And the full moon can be a time for completions and endings. And yeah. so today is actually a new moon. And it's a good time. Later, I plan to write a few things I'm grateful for, yeah. you know, that have happened and and burn them in my sink and just, you know, ask for a few more things I want to see. Yeah. Such a powerful thing to look up into the sky and see that beautiful big I moon. Know. Right? Just staring at you. It right? is. So, I don't know. I get, I get satisfaction from I that. I do too. Personally. Yeah. So, I want to talk about, you mentioned it earlier, um, but like glass. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. How long have you been into like the art of, is it glass blowing? Is that the term? I, I cast glass. So that's where you scoop glass in a ladle. It's okay. like an industrial process. The glass is 2,300 degrees and I get suited up in this like leather protective gear, scoop it and pour it into sand molds and steel molds. I do blow some glass like cups and bowls okay. for fun and gifts. Yeah. And that's been a passion for about 25 years. Like is my therapy. Yeah. One of my forms of therapy. Okay. Yeah. And, and you just kind of just all of a sudden somebody introduced you to it and when, you did actually, it? Actually, when I was in grad school at okay. Tulane back in New Orleans, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to take an elective art class. And I was flipping through the catalog before everything was online. And I just saw glass blowing. I didn't really know what that was, Jason. Hmm. And I got in the class and it was like an instant. Have you ever done something? And it's like, you're meant for this. Yeah. It was like uh -huh. an instant fit. Yeah. And I've never stopped. Huh. It was just like this super fun thing and challenge. It's so challenging because glass is going from a liquid to a solid. So you have to keep reheating it so it doesn't literally crack and fall off on the floor Sure. or it doesn't get so hot. It like, like drips down as a glob on the ground. Yeah. So there's this constant, it really absorbs you in the moment. And I think those are the things that you can fill your love tank with those experiences and activities that bring you to the present moment. Hmm. And glass does that for me. Every time I go to the Bellagio, I look up into this guy. I'm not sure if you've been to the Bellagio. No, but I'm going next week. Are you really? With some high school friends. Okay, I haven't well, been to Vegas in 20 years, and okay. I'm going to the Bellagio. When you go to the Bellagio, you yeah. look up in their lobby because it's like one of the most, it's like a very famous glass Dale artist. Dale Yes, that's I have right. been, I have worked at his glass school for eight summers okay. in Stanwood, Washington called Pilchuck. Yes. So he has a big um, glass uh, museum in in Seattle, in right? Seattle, yeah. yeah. I've been there. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It is so cool. I haven't been in a long time, but it was beautiful. Uh, it was so beautiful when we were there. Yeah. yeah. He's been instrumental in the American glass art movement to okay. really bring the Murano, the Italian artist, to teach in America. He was instrumental in glass being here wow. in the U.S. Huh. Fascinating. Another person I have to go Google and yeah. learn more about. Yeah. Um, so... It's, it's, it's amazing on how you, you know, we talked about you found your purpose, right? And it sounds like the purpose is doing stuff with ADADA, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you invented a 
specific wheelchair. Is that right? Is that it's actually just a modified glass workbench okay. where the person can wheel their own wheelchair okay. and it protects them. It was super simple, the modification, and and it allows people in their wheelchair to blow glass or cast glass without leaving their and own chair. And you do like events and act, like do you actually- I've only done one outside really? of Atlanta okay. in a town called Americus, Georgia, okay. um, where Mobile Glass Blowing Studios, I hired them to build the prototype. Mm -hmm. And I did teach a 16-year-old boy with autism to blow glass. His mom and grandma were crying. It was really emotional. Uh -huh. And then I had that, that it's called the chariot. My prototype shipped to Yaya Artists in New Orleans. It's okay. a glass studio. They work with kids and adults. Yeah. So when I go to New Orleans in a couple of weeks, I want to really jump in to how we can get some classes going. Um, I've tried to work interface with the Wounded Warriors, you know, to get, again, like I'm not sure. So if anyone's listening and has some ideas for me, please, please. let me know yep. how to get this going and uh -huh. out in the world. And how do they contact you? Uh, the easiest is probably NOLA Therapy, my website. Okay. Or in social media at NOLA Therapy. Nice. Okay. Um, and what's your what's your vision with that? Are you like, are you hoping that maybe somebody comes and maybe gives you some money and you can kind of really start mass producing? Yeah. And yeah. For yeah. these benches to be in every glass blowing studio around the world or as many want to incorporate people with disabilities to, to teach them sure. so they can have this joy as well. Oh, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Um, well, uh, it's another thing that maybe I'll find a glass blowing studio here in LA. Yeah, is there? Is there? there is one okay. KT Glassworks. I can send you the info. Please. And I've taken lessons from, from the owner. He's really awesome. That would be cool yeah. date night thing with it's my really wife It's really wonderful. I, He's a great sure. teacher and you'll come away with some cups that you can actually use and drink out of. It's Talk really awesome. Talk about something that you've never done before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How cool is that? All right. So now we're at a segment that I like to call Hennessy Heart to Heart. Okay. And just a mixture of just random questions and you just answer them with whatever comes to your mind. Sure. So the first one is, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, you know, I used to be totally just an extrovert and I feel like I'm becoming a bit more introverted. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a mixture of both, but I need my times of introversion to then get out in the world and be an extrovert. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can speak on stage to 10,000 people and feel very comfortable yeah. and confident. But sometimes when I bump into a room where there's five people and I'm like, oh, like I just kind of want to go back to my room here. Yeah. Like I'm a little uncomfortable here. Right. So yes. I guess you could be both. Exactly. Yeah. What makes you feel accomplished? Oh, gosh. This today with you, I feel accomplished. I feel like a sense of really living my purpose, like lit up, like, thank you, universe. This is it. Like, this is one of my favorite things to do, like doing a show like this with you. Yeah. So, um, Connections. Yeah, connection. And like meaning and value. Our conversation is so high quality uh -huh. and authentic that that's, it makes me feel the best okay. ever. Good answer. Um, what is a deal breaker for you in a relationship? And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a love relationship, but any relationship, what's a deal breaker for you? Okay. The first thing that came to mind, cause I did think love relationship yeah. is, is, uh, like chronic pot smoking. I uh, just like, it's not, not I know it's, and I, I know there's medicinal value and medical purposes. I'm all for that. But mm -hmm. for me personally, just that would be a deal breaker, but in, in friendship, it would be, um, I really value honesty and authenticity and trust. Someone I can trust. I like authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Trust is a big deal. Uh, this is a weird question. Um, <laughs> if you were a pair of shoes, what kind of shoes would you be and why? 
Oh my gosh, that's a good one. <laughs> we I, get you to think here. Yeah, see? I would be almost like these shoes I'm wearing, these Donald Pliner, like a beautiful like yet those. comfortable pair of oh. leather um, or pleather, you know, boots <laughs> that are stylish <laughs> and sexy, but also comfortable. Love it. Beauty and comfort. Yeah. Right. What's your most unusual talent? <laughs> My most unusual talent. Jason, I've never even thought about that. <laughs> my most unusual, can you help me? Can you like maybe share yours? What is my, wow. Yeah, wow, like, you're putting this back on me as I go <laughs> to drink. My, so. I'm like, I, I pass it over to you, the ball, and then you throw it right back to me? Huh. What is my most unusual talent? Um, I would say my most unusual talent uh, would be Ah, oh, this is hard. I know. When you think it's a about challenge. it. Hmm. Most unusual talent. Um, I'm stumped here. I mean, I'm thinking things like I can sometime laugh at myself, but that's kind of lame. That's kind of uh -huh. like a lame. That's not really a talent. My most unusual talent. I need some help talent. with this. Um, I would say. Back in the day, I used to break dance, maybe. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Is that an unusual talent? Can't do that now. Okay, when I was in college, I would do keg stands. Okay. But I don't that, do that anymore. That's an unusual talent, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't maybe break Maybe not these. New Orleans. I guess your unusual talents change over yeah, the years, yeah. right? And now I live a pretty boring life, so I can't. I got to find some more okay, unusual talents. I'm going to challenge myself to find an unusual talent there for we next go. time. Okay. And okay. those listening... What is your unusual talent? Right? Think about that, right? What's something I would never guess about you? Oh, God, you know, I think you'd never guess. But since I wrote this book on being authentic and healing, mm -hmm. that um, that I have had low self-esteem for a lot of my life. Yeah, and I've hit it through performance, through achievement. Yet for me, when I stumbled upon this Chiron and Aries for myself, having to do with a vulnerability and my sense of value and worth, it mm -hmm. really made my whole life make sense. That like I've hid behind, you know, even, even my U.S. patent on the workbench sure. and the nonprofit, like these things that I felt good about for a bit, but it never seemed to give me this deep, long-lasting feeling like I'm enough yeah. until I really found this Chiron material and started to affirm myself, if I never do a motherfucking thing, I'm good enough. <laughs> Seriously. And I hope that speaks to someone, that it's really not all this performance-based stuff that causes us to really love ourselves. It's yeah. loving ourselves regardless. Sure. Well, um, well, you certainly, uh, you know, uh, uh, like you have confidence about you now for sure. Thank you. Let's see here. What is your biggest kitchen fail? Oh man, I, I <laughs> so simple and pita chips. You know, you get pita bread at the grocery. Yeah. Just cut it up, put some olive oil, put them in the oven. Do you know those bitches will burn? Like, <laughs> I mean, like I am not even exaggerating, Jason. Like the whole oven was like. Oh, fire, flames in just like three minutes. I'm yeah. calling my friend and her husband like, I don't know what to do. He's like, stop opening the oven. It's just like, you know, air, <laughs> like let the shit burn. And it was just pita chips. So that was an epic fail. Uh -huh. I mean, like very scary. So be careful when you make homemade pita chips, not Got to it. overcook them. So for me, my biggest kitchen fail would be, you know, you go to Costco and they've got the Vitamix guys out there, right? They're oh, yeah. blending yes. smoothies and it's like, <laughs> 
you can throw rocks in here. It works, right? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like they're making all kinds of stuff. And you stand there for like an hour because you just want to know like, what am I going to get next? Soup? Okay, cool. Yeah. Like banana juice. <laughs> so we end up buying this thing and, it, and you know, and we, we bring it home and we unpack it, right? And, we, you know, we start making the recipes like, oh, strawberry bananas. Every night we're using it, right? Okay. It doesn't happen so much anymore after you had it for a while. But um, so I, I get this crazy idea. I'm like, I'm going to make marshmallow cream with it, right? Okay. So I take a whole bag of marshmallows. I put it in. I push the button down. It's like, nah, 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 right? And I was in the engine just completely fails. Burns? Right? It just burns yeah. out, right? Of a Vitamix. So I'm the first person to kind of break the Vitamix, like within like literally like 24 hours of kind of having Gosh. the thing, right? So anyway, for those that have a Vitamix, you can't make marshmallow cream. That's a good it. one. Yes. Have you ever sent a text to the wrong person? I have. Yeah. But there was not any grave consequence from what okay. I remember. Got it. Uh, in fact, actually, there's a story recently. Uh, it's really funny. Okay. Yeah. What is um, it? Where a group of like high school kids from Michigan, um, they played basketball together. And so they created like a FaceTime group, right? Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, they pushed the button. Sometimes you end up on these things, right? It's like, no, all of a sudden you're in this group yes, text, yes, right? Totally. This was like a FaceTime group thing on Facebook or whatever, right? And so they added all these numbers, but they got one person that they knew their digit wrong, right? And so they ended up getting like a linebacker who plays for like the Tampa Bay Bucks, okay. right? Who was in the locker room at the time, right? <laughs> and he's like answering, he's like, what's up, right? And there's like these six kids saying, no. who are you, right? <laughs> And he's like, this is, I can't remember the linebacker's name, right? Yeah. But boom. Then they're passing the the the, the phone to, um, you know, some of the superstars. Like Tom Brady gets that's on, cool. right? And he's like, what's up, kids? Right? So okay, just that's like cool. yeah. one number wrong. And next thing you know, you're talking to all these people. Here's another funny thing, too. You should get to know your, your, your number neighbor. You know what I'm talking about? No. So it's the person that has the same exact phone number as you, but just one digit either below or above. How, would you would you text this person? Hey, hey why don't you, you text your number name right now? Text them. Okay, let me see do if it. they get back to you. Okay, let's see. Yes. Okay, help me out with this. So I'm gonna. Okay, this must be these games you play. Yes. So okay. let's text let's your number see. neighbor. So it's a, you okay, can either so go above or below. Okay, I'm gonna do like say the area code. Just change yes. a number. Just, okay. it's, so the same area code. So the okay. same area code. The same three digits. Okay. The same next three digits, but the last digit of your number has to be above or below. Okay, got right? it. And what am I going to say to And them? you're just going to say, hey, number neighbor. Hey, number neighbor. How are you today? Ooh. How are you today? Boy. <laughs> uh, you know, since, we, since we're neighbors, I just figured we should know each other. How are you today? There you go. Okay. And then just send it. I just sent it. Who knows? That could be like a spark that maybe that's the person that invests in your non-for-profit, Okay, right? I'll claim that. Sure. See? Who knows? Yeah, who right? knows? Okay. Wrong text. Okay, this is fun. I'll let you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, let's see here. What is one of the funniest things you've seen a kid do? Funniest things I've seen a kid do. Oh, you know, there was this great... 
I think a YouTube, you might have seen it, this little boy, his grandma's letting him make cookies, but uh -huh. he's like eating sugar and he's getting so hyped. But <laughs> he's like, dude, the grandmother, he's like grabbing the dough. I've seen that. Have you seen that? Yes. I, I watched that so many uh -huh. times because the boy, he's, it's so ridiculous. He's like eating everything. And they're like, and, not yet. Hold on. Right, they're just right. to make And the cookies. grandmother's trying to not laugh. That, uh, that was really actually awesome. That is cool. If you can eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it oh, be? Oh my gosh, sushi. Sushi. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Definitely not sushi. No? Okay. I'm not what a sushi would, kind of guy. Uh, chicken noodle soup. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think chicken noodle okay. soup would be, uh, I like that. Who's the one person you can talk to about anything? Oh, my dear best friend, Beth Carter in New Orleans. She's yeah. the first one that comes to mind. I could even prank her silly shit. And she, she's just like a wonderful person. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You, do you talk to her often? I do. That's cool. I do. Yeah. yeah. What's one thing that people always misunderstand about you? I think, you know, the first thing that came to mind is I'll hear a lot. You're so intense. Okay. And I used to think I had to change that or that means there's something wrong mm -hmm. about me. And then I realized I am intense and I love that about myself. Like yeah. I'm thorough. I'm really curious. I actually care. Yeah. And so my intensity, I think, is because those are qualities that I embody. And for others, it might make them uncomfortable because maybe they're not as present or maybe they don't care as much sure. or maybe they just haven't cultivated those qualities. So I don't have to change. And, you know, so that's that, that's been like a big learning lesson that it's not a bad thing to be intense. No, not at all. I appreciate the intensity. If you can make one rule for a day that everybody had to follow, what would that rule be? That... People would, I'm trying to think if I should make it funny. <laughs> Where can you take this here? Right. That, uh, I mean, you know, I'm just saying this because I, I love my sweet kitty cats that yeah. I have. I think that everybody would have to pet a cat. Pet a cat? Yeah, pet a cat. Okay. Like, like be, you know, because people sometimes are scared. I fly with my cats from LA to New Orleans. You and sometimes, yeah, at security, I mean, TSA agents are like running away. You know, huh. they seem all tough. They're like, oh my God, I'm scared of cats. Like, yeah. so people would have to pet a sweet cat to okay. learn that, you know, they're, they're, they can be super sweet. And what's your cat's names? Baby and Jiggy. A boy and a, a girl Baby. named Baby and okay. a boy named Jiggy. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. If you had a, speaking of animals, if you had a pet parrot, what would you teach it to say? <laughs> <laughs> this is where you can get funny if you want. Oh my gosh. You're an asshole. <laughs> what, what would you teach your parrot to say? Well, I have a funny story. Okay. So, uh, so uh, uh, somebody that I knew had a parrot, right? Okay. Um, and the parrot would uh, learn some of the words that the owner would say, right? And so one of the things is one time he was in the shower, right? He's taking a shower and just kind of doing his thing, right? <laughs> and some solicitors come knocking on the door, okay. right? Knock, 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 right? And he's in the shower. And the parrot has learned to say, come in, <laughs> Right? No way. So anytime somebody no. would come to, this is a true story, right? So anytime somebody would come <laughs> to the house, the knock on the door, the parrot would scream, come on in, right? No <laughs> so he got out of the shower and there's two people there no. trying to either sell them something or pass their religion to him or whatever okay, the case hilarious. may be. But that is a true story. Can I ask you a question? Yes. It's one of the ones you asked me earlier that I think is so clever. If you were a pair of shoes, what would those shoes be? Ooh, we were just I talking like, about I like that. that. Question. Yeah, we would be, you know, to be honest with you, it would be the same sneakers that I'm wearing right now. Okay. 
um, which would be comfortable. Oh yeah, they're awesome. But a Stylish. little, a little abstract, yeah. right? Like something that's kind of like I'm a child of the '80s, and so that neon, what I'm wearing yes. right now, is what you don't see here in the video. Love it. Is a, a nice neon, right? But I'm very classy, black and white. Yeah. But yeah. still, I can I like be that. creative too. Yeah, right? I like that. So, good question. Let's see here. Would you rather have a nosy neighbor or a noisy neighbor? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Both of those are undesirable. Okay. So, <laughs> I can't say neither. No. <laughs> okay. You have to pick um, one. Nosy. Because I feel like I could handle that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Noisy would get a little yeah. too much. Yeah. Right? Trying to sleep. Exactly. Playing the guitar, drums, right? Yes. Would you rather eat a stick of butter or a tablespoon of salt? Oh, um, that's such tablespoon. a hard question. I know it is. <laughs> I go with the tablespoon of salt. Tablespoon what about of, you? Oh, butter. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. so. It's probably not the healthiest thing, but it tastes better. Okay. Can I put the salt on a margarita? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. What's the strangest thing uh, to ever happen to you? Okay, str there's been... There's been quite a few strange that are like. You want me to go for mine yeah, and then yes, you wait? Yes, please. That'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah. So you think about yours. Yeah. So for me, when I was like, I don't remember, uh, I don't know, like 14 years old, mm -hmm. went over to my friend's house, laying on the bed. We're doing homework, right? He's on, I'm on the bed. He's like on like this like couch thingy, right? I can vividly see it. Um, and we're just doing homework, right? And all of a sudden I hear, kch, 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 kch. I'm like, what the heck is that, right? And I don't do drugs. I never did drugs, yeah. right? And so I look over to the right-hand side and he has like this George Washington piggy bank that was literally just kind of like shaking in air. What? No joke. Like I vividly remember it because I even asked him like, because he's always said that his wow. house was haunted, right? Okay. Like all kinds of weird things yeah. happening. And this is like, I grew up in Long Island where there's the oh, Amadeus yeah, Horror House yes, and all this yes. stuff, but houses are really old. And, okay. And so that was the strangest thing that I can vividly remember happening. Okay. And I've never seen any other type of weird stuff like that ever in my life again. Yeah, that's that super paranormal. Thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mine that came to mind is is really different. Okay. And, but I remember what, um, and say the question again, something that's really- Strangest thing that has ever happened to you. The, okay, I was in like fourth or fifth grade. Okay. And in New Orleans, I don't know if you were doing this in Long Island, if you were living there. Do mm -hmm. you remember World's Finest Chocolate? Do you remember how kid, did they have World's Finest Chocolate where you the candy bars that were a dollar oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. that you uh -huh. sold door to door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And like everyone knew they're a dollar. Yes. And I think they were throughout all of my childhood. Yes. And so I decided to sell them for $2 okay. and keep the extra dollar. <laughs> Okay. And I made like all this money and I was like, why are people spending $2? Like I was kind of like, are they really that gullible? Yeah. Until this one parent was like, it's not $2, Lisa, it's $1. I was like, oh my God, please don't tell my mom. Like nobody oh said God. anything. Yeah. And of course she did and I got in trouble. Yeah. But I remember thinking, I can't believe people are believing me that it's, <sighs> so, so it might've been my first little entrepreneur business. See? And, okay. And fourth or fifth grade. I like but, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my son Zach had a uh, like a YouTube channel. Oh, cool! And we would do skits when he was really young. He, like we'd go to like Bob's Big Boy in Burbank, and they do this car show, and he would interview people. And oh, it, cool! We make really fun videos. Yeah. One of the things that we did was we went to Trader Joe's. Okay. And you know how like Trader Joe's has their own version of their Oreo cookies? Yeah. I can't remember the name of them. Trader cookies or something. Right? Yeah. 
Um, and they they bought like a bunch of boxes of cookies, right? Okay. And they set it up outside, like you know, the Girl Scouts sell cookies. Yes. But they're selling Trader Joe cookies <laughs> to people that are just coming out of Trader Joe's for like ten dollars a box. No. <laughs> Were people buying them? <laughs> no, they got kicked quickly off okay, of the premises. Yes. And you can go YouTube the videos that Tennessee Trader that. Joe's. Yeah, that's it's really good. it's really funny. Yeah, that's for sure. Good. Last question. Mm-hmm. What is one lesson that you've learned in life that you wish the whole world could learn too? It's a lesson that I think I'm still learning is okay. to really, um, you know, the, that book, The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, and he talks about not taking things personally and, and but to me, it comes down to like giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And that's been hard for mm-hmm. me being somebody that's was critical with myself and in turn with others at times, just really learning. I wish, you know, I intend to continue to be better and better, giving people the benefit of the doubt. And that I think if we all did that, the world would just be easier, our relationships and moving through life to just, you know, be like, wow, like not take things so personally. Got it. I love that. Don't take things so personally. We'll end on that note. Um, Thank you so much. This has just been such an awesome, uh, podcast. I appreciate you coming down here, giving me my first reading. Awesome. It's an honor and pleasure. And I'm looking forward again, tell everybody your book, how everybody can buy it and how they can reach you and and follow you. Thank you, Jason. It's Mm -hmm. it's awesome to be here with you. And Mm -hmm. anyone listening can go to my website, nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy Hmm. or Barnes & Noble, the brick and mortars online, Books a Million, Walmart.com, Amazon. And if you have a favorite local bookstore, just go in and give them the title or my name. and your title again? Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, The Chiron Effect. There it is. Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. And your local favorite brick and mortar can order it for you. So you shop local. Perfect. And then how do they follow you on social media again? At NOLA Therapy. There it is. Yeah. Well, thank you. I look forward to doing your podcast. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been the Jason Hennessy Podcast. This show is produced by Whitney Welsh and Jenna Kershaw, engineered and edited by Josh Fisher, and recorded at Hennessy Studios. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>